Hey housemates, thanks for tuning in. Please check out our Patreon to see how you can support us and help us to bring more guests, more stories and even get involved yourself from just a pound a month. Visit www.patreon.com slash ourhousepodcast. Link is in the description. And now, this week's episode. ourselves. <laughs> Bobby, That's all right. I think people know. Yeah. And <laughs> um, so yeah, it's Claire and Paul here. And anyone that watched our house uh, on YouTube a long time ago will know our next guest very, very well because they appeared several times. One of which was a uh, Christmas Day special. We're talking to that one viewer in Didsbury in Manchester. Thank you. <laughs> uh, always bringing the love. It's Frank and Naeem from Uncle Frank. Welcome, guys. Hello. hello, hello, hello. Do you know what? It's been like ten years since we caught up. Yeah, even eleven years actually. Eleven years. <laughs> well, it's know, already begun. Yeah, no. Two thousand and nine. <laughs> we first met you, and we we played, oh we played on the show, and then I think maybe a year or two later we came back on the show. So yeah, ten, about wow. ten years. And so throughout the last 10 years then, you've been doing so much tours, albums, radio shows, so we've got quite a lot to catch up on today. Flipping it. I don't know where you're going to start, to be honest, <laughs> or, where you, or where you're going to end. <laughs> but, yeah, it's not ended, really. This, I don't know. It's still going really strong for us, anyway. <laughs> I mean, you guys, you guys are having a second birth now, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you you guys ran on holiday for a bit. We ain't stopped. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we went uh, we went on holiday and calmed down. <laughs> no, yeah, no. just a little bit. The house is like a house now. It's not like a TV studio anymore, which is really weird, but kind of good at the yeah, same time. It's not time. a mess anymore. That's, it's just mental. Me and Frank used to wonder, how, whose idea was that? To do that in the house, <laughs> how did you convince the wife or add Claire? How did you? Or were we just both on the same vibe? It's pretty. Cool. Yeah, we, we were both on the same vibe, weren't we? We, yeah. we obviously it's a conscious decision to do something like that because it was like a TV show for about five years, you know, with like chroma key hanging up and just that many people in and out of the place. I mean, the footfall. Here yeah. was probably like a McDonald's at some time. Yeah. Sometimes, our neighbors wasn't it? loved us, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't it just turn into a den of debauchery? You know, with just random, <laughs> like, random people around your house doing whatever. Yeah, when when you were here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was there's definitely some interesting stories um, knocking about, aren't they? <laughs> that dude, is that dude down in the basement that had the silly guitar that had the lights on the fretboard? Is he? <laughs> What's well, him? Yeah. <laughs> that was actually, that's like one of my like highlights when I look back on it is you just taking the piss out of him. There's two great bits out because we loved him. But there's, <laughs> there's the bit where Frank's just like, 
um, oh, what is it? No, nice or something like, oh, yeah, could you do a bit of a da 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 And Frank's like, yeah, I'm sure you could get loads out of Tim. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone. He was just waiting to play on any occasion, wasn't he? And we, yeah, 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 he was ready to go. Frank won't let He was like, if, <laughs> if, I can, if I can stamp this with Tim Scott, I'm going to stamp it. He's <laughs> yeah, very keen, that lad. He was keen. That's nice, though. See, it's nice yeah. to meet musicians that have got enthusiasm rather than the ones that just want to go to the hotel and go sleep. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he um, he created that, that ambience, didn't he, for the for the guests and the interviews and things. So. Yeah, I mean, it completely it happened by accident, didn't he? He was just, he was in the, I think he came on to promote his album and stuff. He looks like, um, he looks like a bit of a fucking accident, though, from what he... <laughs> Tim, we're so sorry. <laughs> we love you, Tim. <laughs> Tim, I'm, Tim, I'm only joking. That's what happens when you when you turn it with a guitar. It looks like a fucking Christmas tree. Like you're mad, <laughs> you're mad to get the out of you. You know what I mean? Thing is, every time we turn up to a venue, uh, we're about to do something. Frank turns to me and says, "Should we just go back to the hotel and go sleep?" Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> It's like a it's like a laughing joke. It's like it doesn't matter what gig it is. It could be like a massive gig, like when we went and played down at the Royal Albert Hall in London on this crazy night that was like every you know, we were playing with the Rolling Stones and Van Morrison and all these people. And as we were pulling up, I looked at Naomi, yeah, should we just fuck this off and go back to it? <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, because you're because you're on that vibe of kind of that reminiscing tip. Um, what we'll do is we'll play a little sound clip, and we'll, we can see what you can kind of pick up and remember from that. You ready? They were rolling. They were rolling. They were rolling. Marco. Marco. Mad chest. Not yet, bro. Just follow me, lead. Follow me, lead. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. You dumbass. Just you're just giving me a name there, Claire. You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm good, but fuck me, I ain't that good. Tim, you're doing your big slag. Gary, you were great. Right. I thought you were brilliant. Who's in the Porsche? Me. You. 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 You're in the Porsche. <laughs> You trying to steal my car, you car rapist? Our house catering. So I ask for hot food. And when you ask, you get. So God bless you. This is a I'm not popping now. All right. Oh, no, I'll be like, yeah. Manchester Bands don't know. All right, let's not fucking knock each other off. The Brocks. End it with a bit of a whammy. So I could say, nice. Time for this misery, heading for the coast. So, you know, go and eat and be merry. Go on. Fuck off. Go on. See what you have to put up with guitarists. Like, um, like that. Well, there's been occasions, bro. If you had some music behind that, you know that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you can get loads out of Tim after we've left. Talk to me, you wait for me. Because I'll be saving all my love for you. 
I tell you what it's about. I'm still. When I think about you, I touch myself. A bit of self indulgence there, but I, I enjoyed that. Do you actually remember any of that? Uh. No, uh, no. <laughs> I thought you were pretty charming there, Frank. That was good. I was wondering what you were, mu- you were muttering away. It's, it's every time we get interviewed, you've always got like a little chat going on. And I, I got to hear exactly what you said. You're basically flirting. <laughs> this time it was Claire, poor Claire. Yeah. Well, I was taught back in drama school, you have to pick something. <laughs> and you have to home in on it, you know. That, that's the, the trick of a great guest, you know. Um, and then obviously just talk any old random shit. <laughs> what? I mean, I, I I remember from them particular days, both days of shooting that we did. That was, I think everyone was just in stitches. Yeah. Like that's that's what I remember from them days. Yeah. And and it's good when. Pe- some some of the bands that we had in on the show were just really difficult, you know, like yeah. had no personality or they – it wasn't they didn't have personality. I think it was just the fact that they didn't necessarily understand once cameras were put in front of them, That's you know, that they had to be a bit animated. and Some people are great. Like Some people freeze up or all of a sudden become a bit self-aware. Or I've always – Always like with the family that I've had. Anyway, it's like any of my family. You know, my mom, um, my my granddad back in the day. You, there's certain people within my family that you stick a camera or a microphone in front of us, and we're just we, we're just good. We just go. We're just good. It's not forced. It's a lot of the time it's funny and stuff. It, even if you're in a bad mood, it's like that. That clown face where you you know you put your hand <laughs> from your face and you just turn it on and then when the cameras stop rolling you're like right get the fuck out of there about enough do you know what I mean yeah yeah so I, th- I suppose that's being professional but but, but you know it, it, when you've grown up in a family where they're just a bunch of piss takers you, you just <laughs> it's, it just rolls off the tongue you know and if you've got brothers and sisters like Naima's you got to be able to come back with stuff. So I don't think we've ever struggled, even though sometimes, like, we, we will, now and again, me and I, we will get a little bit nervous now and again, depending on the show. I mean, the other year, we had, we were invited all the way down to someone's really special birthday, pure surprise. She had no idea that we, we were all of a sudden busted out this little back room, me and I, and there were ma- massive fans of Uncle Frank. And um, just before we were in there, we were crapping it, weren't we, Nod? Do you remember? Yeah, I think because it took us like six hours driving to get there, and it was it was all like these dark, gloomy streets of Lou in Cornwall, which we'd only ever been to in the sunshine, right? And suddenly we went there <laughs> in the winter for this like party around Christmas, and it was really dark. It was like something out of a Sherlock Holmes film, you know. And we went in there and. <laughs> And suddenly you burst in and there's all these people and the stage is actually ready. Everything's there. And then Frank just wants to eat. 
So they've got this like, got this banquet set up for it, and he's stuffing his face, and we're meant to be on stage in like a minute. <laughs> but it still sounds tip top, didn't it? Remember, there was a guy there that did the sound, and he was walking all around with his iPad like they do nowadays. Mixing the sound and it was it sat it, it, she was blown away. She was in tears, weren't she, when we started singing? Well, they didn't want us to stop really. Well, it was one of them where the we did I didn't want to stop either. We just no, it was know, good. You Once get, we got going, but it was yeah. that we kind of opened the door a little bit and looked out and it was rammed and it was like no one knew you're gonna no one knew we were there. Like at a gig, people know they've paid to see you. So you kind yeah, of yeah. you're already geared up because they know we're about to see. This was like, well, what if half the room don't even want us want us there? And there were them kind of nerves. But normally you stick a you stick a microphone or a camera in in front of myself and night. We'll just turn it on because I love it. I love it when you do that, Frank. It's very, see, I've been done all these gigs with Frank, right? And I thought that he knew the hosts. Because he's that familiar. <laughs> and then it's only later on I realised Frank didn't know anyone in the room. But he let, as soon as he walks in, he's just like, hello, you fruity bastard. How are you? You know, and I'm like, you don't, you don't talk to someone I like that. I can actually picture that as well. well we, we did this radio thing in uh, Northampton, BBC Radio Northampton. And this guy, I can't remember, I think his name might have been Dale. He looked like a Dale. Okay. What was it? <laughs> Yeah, and he has his little poodle. He's like doing his radio show while he's stroking this little poodle in his lap. And he's got like Christopher, Christopher Biggins glasses on. You know, he's proper. It was, like a Dale. Yeah, yeah. By the end yeah. of it, he was inviting us around his house for a, you know, I don't know, a sauna or something. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit scary towards the end. You really took, you really took a shine to Naeem. I was like, that guy's <laughs> <laughs> but no, we've got some audio clips already. Really, we're only we're only thirteen minutes in. I mean, in in jest, no, of course, do do remember the the R house. It was it, it was a really good blast. But what what I remember about it the most was the room was full when we did the special. You know, and there was so many. There was a lot of people in there. I think you might have featured one or two local Manchester artists that were in there and stuff. And it was all like usly bustly and jovial and, you know, but then when me and I started singing one or two of the songs, it was like, you could, you know, you could hear a pin drop and, and everybody was like, oh, you know, these guys laughing joke, but when they play, it's badass. That that bit I remember, you know what I mean? I, rem I remember finishing and people, you could hear people going, fuck, you know, these are well good. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. So that, that bit I remember, you know what I mean? So, yeah, there's been two occasions, I think, where I've, I've seen a band come in and you can literally hear a pin drop. And one of them is yours because you were really captivating, really professional, and you sounded amazing. And the other one, it was a band, well, a band, rappers. <laughs> literally, no one knew what to expect from them. They were called Damaged Gods. Um, and they came in and they set up like, it was like a painted decorator table, didn't they, with some like DJ. Um, yeah, they weren't even things. decks, were they? They were just, they were, they, just they were fake, fake decks. But... Um, and then, like, we counted them in and then they just went, Western Girls! And they did like a <laughs> version of Western Girls. <laughs> but it was, 
it was a rap version and they were bouncing everywhere <laughs> and everyone in the room just stopped because <laughs> it was like what is going on I think I think that the the moment for me was at the at the very end of that. People just didn't know whether to laugh or clap, and <laughs> it was really awkward because I'd never heard him before, and I worked with one of these guys, and oh, uh, <laughs> it was just I wasn't expecting West End girls. No. Like, <laughs> it's, it was certainly different. <laughs> yeah, that must be difficult for you guys when you have something on the show and they perform, and you're just like, what the. F- what was that? Like, it's like, and then you have to kind of, you have to kind of be there, going, "Well, that was great, guys." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the fucking singing lessons. <laughs> oh man! So let's talk about you. Um, so the the most recent thing I've been seeing you do is New Music Fridays in a Tiki Hut. Tell us about that. <laughs> Oh yeah, that that was just um, like kind of had some nice weather, and we were you know when you work in a studio, studios are normally you know pretty dark and just four square walls with soundproofing up, and you know we Naeem said to one day, oh, I want to jam this song, try and do an acoustic version of one of our songs from the last album. Uh, which is one called Lay All Is Its Feet. And Naim was like, well, let's come round yours and go in a tiki hut and do it. So at the, at the bottom of my garden, we've, we've got a tiki hut. So, cool. um, and it's quite good because it's all it's, it's all wood. And as long as there's no, you know, dogs barking or people building down the street or anything like that, and it's quite quiet, can actually get a really good um, little, it's like a little jam hut. So, we just kind of went in there and we, it went that well that Naeem was like, you know, we should put a little acoustic EP out, which is the last thing that we brought out just a few months ago. Um, it's probably the only positive thing that's come out of 2020 up to now for <laughs> me and Naeem is thing putting is, that. Dude, we were doing this well before people did like lockdown streaming things, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah. again, once again, trailblazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were annoyed, like all these people on ITV and doing things from the houses, and we're like, oh, where's that idea kicked in from? Like, someone give me some money for fuck's sake. (laughs) You know what I mean? Great, man. Maybe we should have done the one every week or something. I don't know. But the ones we put out have done really well for us. Like, people love them. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I thought um, I thought it was in a bar. <laughs> like I, I thought the setup was really nice. Um, I watched a few a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, that's that's, how, that, that was that, pretty sweet. That's how it always is. I'm, I'm looking down the, the 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 yard now to where it is. It's always like that. It wasn't it wasn't a setup. Nothing was put in place. It's that's just how it is. Do you know what I mean? It's quite a nice chilled out yeah, area, yeah. you know. But well. it's. Uh, it's, it, it, we thought, we thought, what the hell? Let, let's do a whole EP from from it. So that's something that we've not long put out. Like I say, it's the only positive thing that we've. The, the best thing of 2020 really is that EP that we put together. Because apart from that, it's been shit. I mean, it was only this morning. I had, I had some meetings this morning to book our first few shows for Uncle Frank next year. So me and I are going down to settle on some dates and, and a deal and stuff with a 
a really good Leicester venue for some show. One one acoustic gig we're going to do before Christmas, and then we're going to do a full live band um, around April time as well. So, yeah, I, I, onwards and upwards with this bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was something that um, MC Tunes was was touching on when he, he you know, he, it's a bit of a well, it obviously is a struggle, isn't it? It's just, um, I suppose, everything's just grown to a halt. How how would you say you've coped with that? Um, not necessarily being to output, you know, as you would normally, because you, you guys would be on the road pretty much most of the time, especially weekends, yeah. wouldn't you? Has that been difficult to just kind of come to terms with, or? It has a bit in it now, but we have been start. We're currently writing another album, so that's keeping us uh, focused a bit. But as far as gigs now, we've not been able to do anything, have we? Really? No. I mean, I got I got married recently, so I've moved house, and there's all that uh, all that business. So that's kept me busy. And then, um, yeah, but I've quite enjoyed having a year off gigging, but I'm mm. ready to do it again now. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, but uh, you know, I agree as well. But even though taking a year off gigging is is good, but not being able to go and see a gig or maybe jump up and jam yeah. or you know, now and again, me and I will get asked to do something, and we're not yeah, yeah. we're not in a touring circle, but we, we've not even got that really. Do you know what I mean? And so. It is a bit weird, but yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, it's 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 a little bit strange, um, probably a tad stranger for me in, to a degree with, you know, the FLC touring because it's the first time in, you know, eighteen years that we've not played any shows. That's that's a bit weird. I was saying to Naeem, it was starting to get to me a little bit last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it, you know, I always we're always on tour on my birthday. It's always great, you know. It's a family affair. Me, Naeem, my brother, Uncle Frank, some friends. We travel down to Cornwall and play every year, and we always get looked after. It's always a smashing time. It's great, you know. Yeah, yeah. And weren't weren't allowed to do that, and then it was like, I just think it, it that I've done quite well, but, but last week it, it was just pissing me off because it's, it's that there's not really anything ever to look forward to. You know, there's always something cracking off at the weekend, but for the last seven months, there's nothing really to look forward to. And, and so when it's quite hard sometimes for, for us to get, you've you got to be motivated and you've got to be in a good good place to go sit, sit in a dark room and make up really cool imaginative shit come out of your head and then get it down on tape or get it down in the studio. You've got to be in a good place to do that. So me and yeah, Naeem, yeah. I think we've learned that. Before, we'd push ourselves, push ourselves, push ourselves, back in the early days where we'd make ourselves ill, where now we'll talk to each other, how are you feeling? Do you want to do something tomorrow? Uh, yeah. And then we wait till we both go, look, let's go in the studio. I really want to, all right, let's go now then. And then we get quite a lot done in a short amount of time. So... That's about right, isn't it? No, that's what we've been doing the last few months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. saving up. Don't don't go in there because you just you know you feel like you have to go in there when you have got something to say and live a life. You know, you got to live a life, man, to be able to make good art. That's right. Do you know, do you know what I mean? So you can't yeah, yeah. force these things. Uh, I mean, but yeah, I, I think the music industry became too weighted on live stuff. Uh, you know, because of the streaming business and pirating, everything was all about gigging. 
and now it's taken a black swan event like COVID to completely just turn the boat over, right? And it's like, shit. You know what I mean? There's going to be a lot of careers affected. Uh, but on the other hand, it's like now maybe it will be easier to get people to come to gigs, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what do you think the future of gigs are? Because I worry because, uh, you know, I love going to gigs for the sense of being in a crowd of people all there enjoying themselves, throwing beer on each other and, you know, just being part of that crowd. And with social distancing, obviously, that's not a possibility at the minute. Where do you see the future of gigs happening? Do you think we could ever go back to that style? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, of course it will. At the minute, there's like it's like a chess game at the minute, but that won't last, that won't last for too long. You know what I mean? It'll... I mean, really, it, might, it might become like underground fighting or underground dog fights. Actually, <laughs> just underground just, raves. Yeah, you know? just watching a band could become this like illegal thing. Yeah, it's too. It's too. There's too much money to be. There's too much money to be made. There's too much. You know, talking about billions of pounds around the world, like industry, that it will have to come back because everyone will be missing it. But when it does come back, there's already gigs that have been you know, that are going to go ahead next year. You know, some of them might get cancelled if they're too, a little bit too early, you know, like March, April, May. They might stand a chance of them being bumped along again, but it will come back. And when it does come back, you know, I think everybody will be that looking forward to it that the first bunch of shows, people are just going to go mad at them. So uh, I, think, I think it could come back and it'll probably come back stronger because everyone knows now how it feels not to have it for a year. Yeah, yeah. Right, when it comes it. back, they're going to go, they're going to really enjoy it. And hopefully, especially the people that line up at the front of stages at festivals that always seem completely fucking miserable. And why stand at the front? have <laughs> <laughs> been there for six hours before anyone yeah. stepped on stage. They can't go to the toilet. <laughs> That's what they do. They, they, they bomb it down to the front and they're all excited. And then the, by the time a band comes on or the third or fourth band comes on on a festival, they're completely miserable, hanging over the banister, often falling asleep. And it's just like, yeah, we've got to look at you, ugly bastards. What <laughs> <laughs> they look really ill, don't they? Look really uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Next, Frank, next time I, we do that, we should pull them out on stage and totally... Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> look at this numpty. What are you doing? <laughs> That's a great idea. What we should do is we should get like LED screens behind and, uh, and uh, have Nico, our tech, just take photos. With a camera, just, just, take, just filming them. No, just take photos and then randomly they come up behind us and we go, That's what we're looking at, guys, at the front row. So <laughs> get yourself out of the fucking venue or go and stand at the back. Remember, you know that Facebook site called Awkward Band Photos? Yeah, they're great. They should, they should do one for awkward people standing at the front of a venue. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I might start yeah. doing that. What's awkward band photos? Um, what? Oh, yeah, awkward band photos. It's just called oh, that. Bands. Yeah. Awkward <laughs> band photos on Facebook. Brilliant, man. Okay, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> um, no. So, yeah, hopefully gigging will come back and we'll all appreciate it a little bit more and we'll all smile when we're at the front. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think about um, the message to get, you know, for artists to go get a proper job? 
while this is all happening. I think that was absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Like, I can't believe that. If I see that dude in the street, I'll light him up. Like, honestly, I'll, <laughs> I'll just stick one straight on him and go, go and retrain that bastard. See how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> because how can you say, how can you, how can he say that? Like, apparently he's saying now that he didn't, he didn't say that. But like, it was taken out of context, whatever. But it's so funny. You got to, you, you know, you, you have to realize that they're the kind of, you know, that they're the people that don't, don't really care for none of them fools. You know what I mean? Are, are going to be queuing outside of a HMV, queuing up for a ticket, or you know, in, in the mud, throwing mud around, getting pissed thrown over them, or you know, in a rock and roll gig down in a mosh pit, or just. It, they ain't them kind of people. They're the kind of people at school that were just, you know what I mean? That well, the little public school boys like they, in the little. They ain't like that, so they probably look at our industry like it don't really matter. Like, yeah, they have no creativity. Yes, yeah. so. but they, yeah, they, so they, they, look, they don't understand it. No, they don't understand it. They look at musicians as if it's like a, a jovial thing or it's not a real job and stuff like that. And so that's why. That's probably why he said what he said, but it's the most disgusting thing. That's like saying, well, I don't even want to do a comparison, but it's just, it's bizarre that, that, that he said that. It's like... Have you seen that advert with the ballet dancer as well that kind of went yeah. fine? So have you seen it, Paul? No, no. So it's like a, a ballet dancer lacing up her shoes and it says that her career could be in cyber. She just doesn't know it yet. She needs to retrain. Oh, piss off. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the thing is, what they don't realise, right, musicians are actually very resourceful people. And just to be in the business with any kind of success, you need to be, like, good at loads of things and really, you know, proactive at loads of things and creative. But if you stuck us on a desert island and someone like Rishi Sunak, he'd be the first to just, you know, drown because he'd be useless. Yeah. All yeah. he does is push papers yeah, yeah. around. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's like at the end of the day, artists will be all right. Because we are resourceful, they were doing music before record labels, and and there's, and there's plenty more output, isn't there now? In in terms of like platform output and and that type of thing, so there's there's loads of different ways um, to sort of pull revenue in, isn't there? It's it's very it's just super rich for for somebody like him to go and say that because he you know like what does he know? He'll never have to he'll never have to retrain for anything. He married into super rich. So, you know, he's like, he's set for life, that dude. So it's real rich when somebody who's set for life has the audacity to try and tell somebody, oh, what you're doing is a bit whack, mate. You want to retrain for something else. I'll tell you what, pal, I'll retrain for something else when you re retrain for something else. Well, no, I don't need to retrain because I'm loaded. Oh, okay. Well, why don't you go fuck yourself then? Try that. <laughs> it's a good campaign, that. <laughs> So yeah, I ain't got time. I don't, you know, I ain't got time for. I ain't got time for, for that nonsense. It's just such nonsense. And then the, you know, every news narrative gets old a bit, and it's like, just you know, it's just bizarre. Thing it's is, bizarre. Frank, he's not said anything that musicians didn't know already. Musicians have always had to do other things. Yeah, you know, always. You know, back in the yeah, but that's their that's their prerogative and their right to do them things when they want you don't have yeah. I suppose it's about point. being told yeah. like sort of so publicly yeah. isn't you, it you're being told that you're not you're not useful yeah yeah who's who's he to tell to tell somebody what to do who's he ain't my dad 
Well, he's not. He's just saying he's not going to give us any money. <laughs> That's what he's saying. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't want his money. No. So, so I know you, you mentioned um, maybe early next year, March, April, May, might be a time for gigs to pick up. Have you got anything planned at all for that? Yeah. You tell them now. We've got the Leicester show, right, Demont? Yeah, we're playing um, Frank's Good Buddies with uh, Paul Heaton from A Beautiful South. Yeah. He's had a, like quite a, a stellar solo career with like yeah. many number one hit albums and obviously Beautiful South. At one point, he was the him and his songwriting part were the biggest musical partnership or best selling since uh, McCartney and Lennon. Anyway, he's asked us to support him. He's asked us to support him at Leicester's Dumont Vidal. So that ain't bad, is it? That's amazing. They they played um, around the corner from us last year, didn't they? they yeah, played yeah. At Stockport, Stockport County. County, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's next year. Yeah, that's that's in April, I believe it's April. But before before Christmas, we're about to lock in a, a, an acoustic show. One of my names, Acoustic Nights. We're going to lock one of them shows in just before Christmas, so it can be you know a bit more seated. And we could, we're actually going down for a meeting on Friday to the venue so they can show us how they want us to do it. And then if we're happy with it, we'll lock a date in there. So we'll put that date up on the socials. Um, and then we've got the uh, Demonfort Hall show in April. And then straight after that, we're going to be playing uh, in Leicester at the Firebug venue, which is a great venue, ran by a friend of ours, Matt Kirk. So... Yeah, we're looking forward. We'll be looking forward to that. But our main goal at the moment, Claire, is to get the album finished. Very exciting that we've got one of our favourite bands at the minute. The guy who mixes their album is going to be mixing our new record. So we're just in the process of finishing it up now and getting that ready for next year. Nice. Yeah, who's who's your favourite band? Uh, well, they're not. It's, they're just a band that we're really into. I, right, okay. I can't say it's my, you know, uh, I'm not going to put favourite on it. Just one of our favourites over the last, what is it now, like seven or eight years? Yeah, they're amazing, man. They're amazing. I mean, you, you get, I'm sure you can't pick a favourite band, can you? But these guys are one of our favourite bands. Rival Sons, uh, wicked band. And it's like one of our dreams really is to is to play with them. So, uh, by using uh, by using their their engineer, I think there's a big step forward there. Plus, Frank's interviewed a bunch of times, and they love him to bits. Um, cool. So it's only a matter of time before we share a stage with them. That's our dream, anyway. One of the things I was going to ask: How do you guys consume, say, new music these days? Because obviously, with all the platforms and streaming and stuff, um, do you, do you guys have any kind of sort of favourite or I suppose favourite we, we didn't want to use that word did we but like new artists or new acts that people haven't heard of that you particularly into because you found them on a, on a yeah. platform yeah 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 I mean what's that guy Frank that uh, Levin plays for Marcus oh, King amazing. Marcus King yeah he's sick yeah we really like Marcus King we like JD Simo uh, I like um I don't know, a bunch of people. Naeem's always 
listen to a lot of different stuff. I've always listened to a lot of different stuff. I get sent quite a bit of stuff now for the radio show, which is which is nice. Some of it's great, some of it's not. If it's not great, I don't play it. So if it's great, I play it. Um, if it's from Manchester, does it not get a popper? <laughs> no. I, I, I love the Manchester bands. And, you know, can, Tim, uh, can, can Tim Spot get a slot? Um, <laughs> I probably I probably send him to like the breakfast people, but okay. he, he wouldn't make the cut for Sunday nights. I don't think. So that's your show on BBC Radio Leicester. Yeah, Sunday night. nights. Yeah, six till ten. And kind of, what's the vibe of that? It's all funk and groove and classic songs. It's just basically. I just play one type of music, and that's great music. That's pretty much the mantra. A lot of it's groove-based, so it's, you know, your James Brown, Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles, Prince, you know, a little bit of hip-hop, some Latin stuff. You know, it's a real, like, mixture. And then every now and again, I might drop some rock music. And, yeah, so it's a real – it's music for the connoisseur, you know, I think. And you get a chance to kind of showcase new people as well, so that's – now and again, yeah, now and again, if they're good, because obviously they've got to sit in between all them kind of people that I've just said. So if it's not if it's not good, I won't play. Trust me, radio's full of stuff that people have to play whatever they're told to play. But with, with, with the Uncle Frank show on BBC Radio Leicester, it goes for a serious quality control before it hits the airways. So, yeah. But I, I must admit, I'd say 90% of the show, Naeem, is probably old-school vintage stuff, isn't it, from the 60s and 70s? I mean, Rid, what you just said, no one gets to play their own music on BBC, but you do. How did you me actually swing that? Well, me and, her, <laughs> me and Herdle White, which is the guy who does the reggae show on BBC, which Naeem does a great... Um, impersonation of it. <laughs> oh, we're having that. Come on. This is Earl White lighting up your road on a Sunday night. Straight after <laughs> the Uncle Frank. I'm going to play you some really shite soca music that I found in the bargain bin in the list of market. Pick up yourself for Caribbean girls. <laughs> oh, fantastic. But, uh, but yeah, his show and my show, we get to pick our own music. So it's two bespoke music shows where, unfortunately, a lot of the other DJs throughout BBC um, don't are not lucky enough to get a bespoke music show, so they have to play what's kind of stacked up for them to play. So very lucky like that. But, yeah, it's cool. It's, it, it's, it's cool. And, you know, while we're in between making the records and performing, you know, Naeem is, you know, well-regarded. Um, uh, like music professor that teaches at uh, a school that's just for people studying music. So he has that, you know, I have this uh, little thing, my radio show, and that just keeps us ticking over for when we go in the studio and, and create all, all the magic that we try and create and then get out on the road. So it's pretty good balance. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and um, are you're just laughing at Naeem's impression. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's laugh so hard at voice. Are there any fun loving criminals plans coming up in the future as well? Um, there'll always be um, 
shows coming up. I think we've got a tour scheduled for the end of 21. I think it's around November. And then one or two festival dates if they're all up and running. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there'll be a chance to see see us play um, at some point next year, yeah. Oh, good. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I actually didn't realise, Naeem, is that you've been kind of, obviously you've been in the industry for many, many years. You're kind of, you've been around a lot of different bands and you've been on for Loving Criminals albums, kind of vocally and things like that as well. Uh, yeah, Frank, um, well, that's thanks, thanks to Frank, really. I think um, a couple of times he'll just literally ring me about, 10 minutes before and go like, yeah, I'm outside the studio. Uh, no, I uh, needed to record some bits. Uh, yeah. And then get your ass down here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it will be like, yeah. Oh no, just come over for, for a bit. We're in London. Actually, I was touring with Beverly Knight. Um, and Frank came to a show. He says, I'll oh, come back to this, uh, full of a criminal's apartment studio that we've rented out. Well, all right, cool. I'll check it out. So we went round and he flicked all the, uh, you know, all the consoles on and the mics and everything. So it's like, no, just sing on this. Uh, yeah, so I did. And then, you know, too late, two years later, it's it's on their, it's on their album. Yeah. yeah. So that's, how, that's how it goes down. You don't get any time to, like, really prepare. But, yeah, dead proud of that. And then it takes two years to appear. <laughs> yeah, dead, but that's just, the way, that's just the way music flows, isn't it? You, yeah. it, you know, you t- it takes two years recording, sorting out, you know, mixing, mastering, album artwork, when you're going to – it's ages away. So, um, yeah, they're proud of that. But, yeah, that's that's thanks to Frank, really, that I did did that. And um, It was cool when we did that. That was good. Yeah, it was cool, man. And, you know, also, you know, Huey and Fast liked it too. So that was um, – that's obviously a bonus. Yeah. Uh, they got us up on stage – got me up on stage a couple of times and – Sung it live with them, and so that was a that was a that was a uh, a buzz, man. That was great. Yeah. Great. Um, okay, so anyone listening out there, uh, where can they find your stuff? Where can we buy your merch? Buy your songs? Where can and we you see can you? Buy, you can buy everything from our shop, which is on our on our website, which is www.unclefrankband.com, and then. Uh, what what's the other ones? The socials, now you know them, don't you? Uh, yeah, Uncle Frank. Uh, it's either uh, Uncle Frank Band, really. Everything Uncle Frank Uncle Band Frank. or Uncle Frank Music. If you just type Uncle Frank Music, or even just Uncle Frank into Google, will be pretty much the top hits that you see there. Yeah, you can type Uncle Frank Our House, and it'll yeah. it'll, it'll pop up. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, watch the Christmas show. Uh, watch the Christmas show outtakes. <laughs> that was crazy. Did I? Did I? Did you get me in some kind of eating competition in that? I'm sure he did I the mince pies. Did the mince pies? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm sure he did. Well, yeah, that was an annual thing. So I, did, I can't remember who participated. <laughs> was it Dan? Or something? No, it wasn't. No, Dan was presenting, wasn't he? Right, I'm going to find it. And I'm going to post it. <laughs> I've watched it recently. You know. <laughs> I thought your show was brilliant, man. It, you know, what, at the time I thought this could be like the next, um, what's Word. his face? The ginger guy on Channel 4. What's his name? TFI. Yeah, I TFI thought this could be, 
Yeah, well, the word or... I mean, why didn't it? What happened? I think we we did do a podcast about this a, a, a couple of months ago, um, and the sound was terrible, so we took it down. <laughs> and it was the first time we'd uncorked it for about 10 years. Yeah. And other than other than going through, like, kind of the ringer with a lot of different sound engineers and people fighting and squabbling, because everyone's working for free. Yeah. Um, I think the main issue was that YouTube wasn't it was so it was so far was in its no, infancy. No influences then. There was no Yeah, there was there was no way to monetize at that yeah. time. So Yeah, yeah. And everything uh, was like if, if it had been about three years later, I think it'd have been yeah, a if, different if story. It, if we'd have done it now in this generation of influencers, we'd be smashing it. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean you couldn't even upload stuff in H D then. No, mm. and and they were like they were. Oh, it sounds so old, don't we? Back in the day, but they, they, you could only upload ten minute clips onto yeah. YouTube. Yeah, no so we had to have a website to host the shows, and then I've I've been digging the shows out and kind of slowly uploading them. Um, so we've 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 got all kinds of stuff up yeah. there from like the shows Rowetta presented and yourselves and and you know so yeah. on and so forth. And we, we were t- we were talking about Rowetta last week, weren't we? And it's like. I I ended up working with Happy Mondays for what six seven years, but without Rowetta, and then Frank ended up working with Rowetta. <laughs> it's a really good, really good mate yeah. over now. Yeah, she's a she's a great girl. She's awesome. She is. She is. And she, uh, we were saying she was um, the, on our first episode as a presenter as well. So she was like kind of. A, you know, the only kind of celebrity that we approached that just went, yeah. She was just game for it. Yeah, she just came on. She presented the show. She performed on the show. She promoted it. No one ever, no one ever promoted <laughs> Bottle it. Bottle of vodka in a bag between takes. <laughs> was, you know, um, but yeah, fun. so yeah, she was fantastic. She yeah, was, she's such a proactive person. She's a... Yeah, she, she's just full of life and she just loves life. Yeah, yeah. And that's the kind of captivating thing about her. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for her. She's a good girl. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's pretty much it. I think we've covered everything. Well, it's great to see you guys back and doing our house through the podcast. And I wish you all the best with the baby and everything. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we'll have to try not to leave it ten years in between kind of links. And, and <laughs> well, stuff. that that was your doing, you slow ass. Not. All. <laughs> 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 on that note I've got to leave you I love you and leave you Ta-da. So, I- <laughs> so I think what we, what we should probably do is um, obviously we, we can we can link back in like every sort of five six you know six episodes and so see where say five six years yeah five six years we don't want to see you for at least another three uh, yeah. Um, but yeah well, with, with, with the podcast, obviously, we have a platform now that, in, in terms of we, you know, we can bring people in as often as we like. So we can talk about weird and wacky stuff. Um, always welcome to be a regular. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Thank think, you, uh, guys. Yeah. Thank all we do is laugh, isn't it? So yeah, it's exactly. you know, it's an episode of laughter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll post all your links and everything so that people can uh, check everything out. And hopefully we'll see you at a gig early next year. Yeah, maybe like you know, pull some strings up there in Stockport, man. Let's get us get our house live in a venue or something. We'll come up and do a you know, we'll do a turn up there. Let's do it. 
That's a great idea. You know, because our, our our tour manager lives in Stockport, pretty much. So, do you know what I mean? He's been he's been driving around the country. Yeah. for us all these years it'd be nice for him to just step outside his house and maybe yeah. he could fucking put us up in his house for once it's been worth putting him up in our house you know what I mean let's be never... honest though let's be honest he's a bit of a fucking numpty <laughs> well that's just fucking murdered that hasn't it <laughs> it'll be like the easiest gig of his life that won't it you know <laughs> okay, tell you what, let, let's do that. Let's get something going. You'll come and headline it. We'll get some other bands. We'll get Tim Scott in. We'll <laughs> uh, get Tim Scott in. We'll, we'll, we'll get the drone on the on the case. Yeah, we'll, get we'll, Rowetta. We'll get Rowetta in. We'll film a bit of a music video. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Right, yeah. okay. Definitely. Oh, good. So, right. thank, you, thank you so much for joining us, and hopefully, we'll catch up soon. Take care, guys. See ya. Okay. description so have a look like share and support thanks for listening